This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. You too can be a spiritual powerhouse is a unique six-day series speaking to the Christian who knows faith has the power to change lives, believes and confesses God's word, but simply doesn't activate the word's promises by doing what it is telling him to do. Did you know that within each of us is placed the power to make all of God's promises a reality? And like spiritual powerhouses, we can simply reach out and claim them? Did you know that God has guaranteed you have a blessed life, health, prosperity, peace, and victory in whatever you have asked him for. Whenever you activate that power he has made available, did you know that once you put action to your faith, powering that promise into existence, God actually pledges that you shall have whatever blessing is attached to the promise you've claimed. Yes, once set free from a lifestyle of spiritual laziness, you too can be a spiritual powerhouse. The book of James is a fabulous book, and it talks so much about faith, and it's so practical. Um, as a matter of fact, just a little tidbit of information here as I reflect on the book of James. When I was just a, a younger, I'm not going to say young, but when I was a younger, much younger um, pastor, I was just starting out in ministry, um, and I was given the, the detail. Actually, this was before I became a pastor. I was just a lay worker, leader, whatever, in in the little Assemblies of God church that I was in, in Pleasantville, and I was asked to teach the adult Bible study. I was about maybe 30 years old at the time, or 31, and um, I was just so charged up about it and so excited about it that I, the very first thing that I taught was the book of James. And um, I can remember when we started that little Bible study, there were about 18 people that were showing up and you remember this story, 18 people were showing up, and I got up that day, and of course it was a tiny little church, right? We were just maybe 50 people, 60 people, and there was about 18 that would show up to the Bible study, because we would have a Bible study before the regular Sunday service. And um, I made a bold declaration, and I said at that first service with 18 people, I said, and it was September, I said by the time, it was the new, you know, kind of the new school year, that's how the Bible study went. I said, in January, on the very first Sunday of January, I'm confessing and I'm believing and I'm going to ask all of you, all of you 18 people, to believe that we'll have, I think it was uh, 60 people, 60 people in this adult Bible study. So we just, I wasn't really paying any attention to it. I'm just teaching along and teaching through the book of James and we're going verse by verse and, and I'm breaking it open and having a good time and September, October, November, December comes and we know that there's more people. I, I wasn't really ever paying too much attention to how many people were there. I just knew that it was starting to get a little bit more crowded. And on the first Sunday in January, because my brother-in-law kind of took me up on my words, right? He's like, all right, let's see if this is really going to work. And uh, he's counting. I didn't know this, but every week he's counting to see how many people showed up in that service. And on January, on the very first Sunday, 
of January, I don't remember the year, maybe 1985 or something, 86. On the very first Sunday, I get up to start my lesson, and Chris says, raises his hand, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, wow, what's up? What's the matter? He said, there are 60 people here. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Well, actually, I think we also got the group to confess it every week as well. We said, thank you, Lord, that on January, the first weekend of January, we'll have 60 people. We didn't pay much attention. We're just, and then on that first Sunday in January, 60 people. And from that point on, it just started to grow and grow and grow. I think we, we doubled that number within the next year or so, and the church started to grow and explode. And I'm going to tell you what, the power of confession, the power of your words, James, James talks about that here. But I want to hit it from a different perspective this morning. And in James chapter 2, and we'll go to verse 14 and read through these verses, and I want to land on a couple, but let's just read it in context. James says this, says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now, he's talking about the kind of faith that really believes. Because if you really believe something you're going to do something. There's going to be action that's going to follow what you say you believe. And one of the, one of the issues that I think we've got to kind of address here and talk about in, in the body of Christ, we have a lot of people, and this is probably one of the most frustrating things for me as a pastor. Can I just be honest and talk up front with you? One of the most frustrating things for me as a pastor is for people to sit in church and listen to the Word and be taught as you know, accurately and uh, slowly and easily as, you know, give it out as in easy form, in easy fashion as possible, sit and hear it week after week and never do anything about it. True faith shows itself by the actions and activities that come out of its life. A person who really believes is prompted to do something and to follow through with corresponding action. And this is what James is dealing with. This is what James is trying to talk to the church about. And he's trying to speak to all of us in this day and age and hour that we live because the Word of God does not change. The heart of God does not change. The purposes of God never change. We change. Society changes. Circumstances and situations change. But God's word stays the same. So what he spoke then, he is still speaking to us today. This same word holds fast to this moment of time. So he's talking about, very simply, that a person who really believes in God and really believes this word is going to have action, is going to do something that corresponds with their faith. If there's no action, can we really say that that person has faith? Wow. See, I'm a believer that when a person becomes born again, when a person has a true encounter with the living God, their lives are changed forever. Does it mean that they reach a state of perfection? No way. We will never be in a state of perfection until we get to heaven to be with the Lord. But there should be a notable change in a person's life in the actions and activities that come through their life. This is what really shows forth faith or believing faith or true faith 
that a person says they have. So you can't just say, I have faith, and you don't have the actions that follow. And you see, I believe that this is a, a big issue in the body of Christ because we have a lot of people who proclaim to have faith, but they don't have the actions that back it up. They don't have the actions that show forth or demonstrate or prove that faith. And that's what James is trying to get at here. As a matter of fact, I think, in a way, he's trying to get at laziness. Unbelief. Doubting. Slothfulness. So he says, if a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body, what does it profit? Yes. Now he makes this distinction, and he says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have good works or does not have works, now, you might want to circle that word works because that word works means this. It means action or active zeal. Action or active zeal. So he says, thus also faith, if it's by itself, if it does not have works or action, some sort of corresponding action, it is dead. So I want to read this to you out of the Amplified and 2.17, the Amplified says this, So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself is destitute of power, inoperative, and dead. It has no power. It's the action behind our faith that really makes faith come alive and produce the results that we desire. If you say you know something and you don't do anything about it, that faith lies dormant, inoperative, and devoid of power until you put action behind what you say you believe. And the action that we put, and we see it here in, in uh, the Amplify, we back it up with actions, with deeds, and actions of obedience. In other words, if I truly say I believe, and I want to see my faith create and produce because faith has the power, the ability to create and to produce in your life. That's what faith, that's what faith is. And this faith that we have in the living God and in his living word has the ability to produce in our lives. But if we say that we believe, then we put action. What is the action? It's deeds, it's words, and it's obedience. If I say I truly believe, I believe in Jesus and I honor the Lord, then I'm going to have actions and deeds and activities and words that come out of my mouth that are consistent with the Word of God. I can't say I'm a believer and I don't forgive. I can't say that I'm a believer and I don't walk in love. I can't say that I believe I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Here, you ready? I'll buckle your seats. And I don't give, and I don't tithe. If I say I believe and I have faith, then I ought to have actions and activities of obedience that follow or prove, demonstrate that faith, which actually unlocks the power of faith. And when you unlock the power of faith, it has the ability to produce in your life. 
So that's why I constantly and consistently on this thing, obey the word of God. Do what God asks of you. And the end result is that your life will be blessed because faith needs to be tapped. It needs to be unlocked. If you don't back it up with actions and activities of obedience, if you don't obey God's word and do something to back it up, it lies dormant in your life and it can't produce. I look through my life and I just many, 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 many years ago now, you know, 40 years ago, almost 37 years ago. I don't know. That's a long time ago. Back in 1980, I guess it's 40 years back in 80. When I first heard this message preached, well, I, gave, I rededicated myself to the Lord. You know my story. I got saved when I was about 14, almost 15 years old. My father had just passed away, and my life was a mess, and I was just a struggling teenager and didn't know, you know, I didn't, I didn't know much about anything at that point about my life. But I was mixed up, and I, I went and got saved, and I won't go through that whole story, but I got saved, and, and I walked with the Lord for a couple of years real strong, but I didn't have the knowledge because I didn't have a Bible teaching Bible-believing church. One of the reasons, surprise, surprise, that I was led to open this church and felt passionate about opening up a church where we could just teach the simple and powerful Word of God, the Word that I had received so many years ago that changed my life. So I fell away, and as I got into my later teens and towards the ends of high school, I went headfirst into the world. But it was about a six, seven-year period of me walking in the world until I fell flat on my face again. And all the while, the Holy Spirit was on me. And you know how I can tell he was on me? Because everywhere I was going that I shouldn't be, I felt convicted. I knew it wasn't right. That's why I say, you know, you bring up kids in the church and they have temporary insanity. You just have to trust that wherever they are and whatever they're doing, that they are feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit if they're not supposed to be doing it. I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So after my... You know, my years of rebellion, I was in my later 20s at this point, or like 25 or 26 or something like this. Um, I rededicated myself to the Lord, and I came in through, you all know this, apostle, what we call now apostle Frederick Casey Price. He was back in the 80s, he was on TV, and he was just Pastor Price or Dr. Price, and he was teaching these principles of faith, and it was, I was sucking it up. Finally, somebody's teaching me how to overcome in life. Somebody's giving, finally, somebody's giving me hope and teaching me how not to just read the word, but how to put it into operation in my life. Well, it turned me on so big and so bad. I would, I, I, you know, you've heard the story, some of you have been in the church for a while, but I, I grew up in the 80s. That was a disco days. I used to go to the discotheque on Saturday night, right? Not only Saturday night, I used to go Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I, Any time I could, I'd go to the discotheque. I love to dance and I love to do a lot of other things. And, and we're not going to sit here and talk about our sins, all right? Let's, don't laugh. Don't look at me like that because you did the same thing that I did. You maybe did it a different era, a different day, in a different way, but you did the same things that I did. But I can remember being so, like, I was in the discotheque thinking, what am I doing here? I got to get up at 7.30 tomorrow morning because Fred Price is going to be on at 8 o'clock, and I want to be ready to, to get my lesson for this. I mean, I hung on every word that he said. And it, see, and I started, to, I started to align my life to the Word of God instead of just aligning my life to what I thought was right. 
or to what I felt was right. I said, God, you have a way. I've tried it my way, and it hasn't worked. I want the benefits of this salvation. Yes, I want to be in heaven with you for eternity. And yes, I want all of the fabulous blessings that you have for me in this earth. Show me, teach me. I became so passionate and so hungry for the Word of God that I would sit and I would listen and I would pray and I would write and I would study all week long just looking through the Bible for other verses that match those verses. I became hot over the Word of God. And I started to align my life. That means I had to say goodbye to some things. It means I had to say goodbye to some friends. Now, not all in one, you know, God is very merciful. But as I'm, I'm walking this, I'm becoming more and more uncomfortable with the life that I had been living. See, true faith was emerging and had taken hold in my life. True faith affects a change in a human's life. The things of the world were becoming very, very dissatisfying to me. I can remember standing in those discotheques thinking, because I, I was, you know, I had rededicated myself to the Lord, and I was... You know, but I can remember standing there thinking, what am I doing in this place? These are familiar places that I had been for years. These were all, a lot of the people I knew, they were my friends. We had hung out and done all kinds of things together. And I can, I, the only way I can explain it to you is that I felt like a stranger in a very familiar place. Even though the, the sounds and the sights and the people were all familiar to me, I felt like a foreigner, like a stranger, like, what are you doing here? You don't belong here. You see, something had changed in my life. True faith had grabbed hold. I, 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 let's put it this way. I exhibited true, honest, humble faith towards God. Lord, I want you in my life. I've made a mess of my life. I need a Savior. I need you in my life and in my heart. This is what happened, and I began this course, this life of just this passion for the Word of God. Now, as I'm studying the Word, and I'm doing something with what I'm learning. Now, listen to me. Doing something with what I'm learning. Not just listening and let it fly over my head and go live my life any old way that I want to live it and do what I think is right, but listening to the Word of God and saying, how can I apply that to my life? Every time I heard one of his messages or some of the other great teachers and preachers that I started to learn of, that I listened to, I'd say, how does that impact my life? What adjustments do I have to make? Where do I have to change something in my life to align my life more with this word, uh, with the word of God and with, with God himself? And as I started to learn and align my life, I began to see my life take on a whole new dimension. There was a whole new it was a whole brand new whole life that emerged that was so different and contrary to the life that I was living before. But now, true faith had broken hold or had given, you know, gotten hold of me. True faith was exhibited in the Lord. The born-again experience happened. And now I'm learning and I'm developing and my life is changing and I am growing. And my passion for God just got hotter. And I found out that faith has the power to change not only your life, but all of the situations and the circumstances of your life. I found out that faith can give you a life of peace and joy 
and purpose. That faith can put you, you know, from poverty into prosperity, from sickness into health, from depressed into happy, peaceful days of your life. I found out that operating in faith has the power and the potential to change a human being thoroughly, 100%, from the inside out. And James is trying to get at this. What, what good is it to just make a declaration, but there's no action or activity or zeal that follows? If you make the declaration and it truly comes from your heart, then, then there ought to be corresponding action that goes with that declaration. I can't proclaim myself to be a Christian and then live like a sinner. I can't proclaim myself, my faith in Jesus Christ, and, and live, you know, like the world lives in, 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 the, in the muck and the mire and the dirt of this world. I can't do it. If, if, if I truly am a Christian and I truly believe in Jesus, and I'm truly following the Lord and say that I'm a Christian, then there ought to be conviction in my life when I'm not doing what's right. There ought to be conviction in my, my life. So he says, faith, verse 17 again, he said, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, actions, or active zeal, it is dead. And I like the Amplified. Let me read the Amplified again. So it says, so also faith that does not have works, deeds and actions of obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power in operative and dead. So I found out that faith can change my life. But I found that actions have to go along with my faith. I have to have corresponding actions with my faith. So if I say I believe the word of God, then I need to do what the word of God tells me to do. If it tells me to forgive again, I've got to forgive. If it tells me to love, I've got to love. If it tells me to be generous, I've got to be generous. If it tells me to tithe, I've got to tithe. If it tells me to, you know, be merciful, I've got to be merciful. <clears throat> because true faith backs it up or proves itself through its actions and activities in life. If you don't have the corresponding action, then your faith really lies inoperative. It's dead. It doesn't produce anything. So he says... Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's devoid of power. It's inoperative. It doesn't have, it needs to have actions or active zeal that corresponds with that faith. And it says, I love verse 18. It says, but some will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. So you can, you can make all kinds of boasts, but true Christian faith, the faith that the faith that really believes and has really laid everything down says, you just watch my life because I'm going to prove my life by my faith. I'm not just going to be a sayer of these things. I'm going to be a doer of, of the word. I'm not just going to talk the word, know the word, say I believe the word. No, I'm going to actually do something with what I've heard. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com ny.com or wmca.com thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of god-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the word of god and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come god's word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors